0: Uh, I got a brand new podcast for you. So this comes straight to you from elk camp. Uh, we just got done backpacking and then we were kind of home basin out of my house and hunting mornings and evenings. And it's with my, my good buddy, Dan Hevern and my buddy, Logan Summers. Um, Dan's been a, a really good friend of mine for just years. He's been on a ton of different adventures with me. Uh, the guy is consistently successful on quality critters. Uh, he's really knowledgeable. He's got great instincts and, and he's just been a a great friend to me. Um, he's just a good human being and, and, uh, I, I really value his friendship and I really value his input. And, uh, like I say, I, have just been fortunate that I've been able to find a hunting partner that, that looks out for my best interest and, and, uh, yeah, it looks out for me, you know, whenever he gets the chance. So, uh, I, I'm really fortunate to have him as a friend. Logan's a new buddy of mine. I've known him for a couple years. He's been filming these hunts with me and I, I become really good friends with him too. He's, um, He's a really knowledgeable hunter. He killed a, a great six-point this year. It was that photo on my Instagram of that one that died in the river, but uh, he was able to harvest that, and then he went out with his uh, his other buddy or his hunting partner, able to get him a bull. After something like twelve or fourteen days of hunting elk, so uh, he he knows how to go for it. The guy has no quit in him. He'll follow me anywhere to try to capture video and photographs. Super talented, and so just really fun to sit down and talk elk hunting with these guys. And so we were base camping out of my house, and we had a night where we just had a gnarly winter storm come in, and it was snowing and blowing and fogged in, couldn't glass and and couldn't really hunt effectively. So we decided to sit down and record a podcast, but but this is just great. When these hunts are fresh in your mind and you've been elk hunting so much, um, you're able to share theories on it and thoughts on it. And so we have just a, a great back and forth talking about elk hunting and, and hunting in general and, and hunting public ground and, and just a, a great conversation that I really enjoyed and I think you guys are going to enjoy it too. Sponsored for today's show is Eberly Stock Packs, um, just a great company with great products. Um, I, I the Everly stocks packs. They sure hold up, and I've been, you know, to their offices and to their warranty department. And they have one guy that handles it kind of part time, but they just stand behind all their products, and they build them to to last through the test of time. They're they're marked at a good price point. They have packs for for everything you can think of, um, from from day packs, which I'm really loving. Their new kite pack is their day pack. I've been using it a bunch. I really like how it packs the weight. Um, I like how lightweight it is and I like the design of it that you can get in through the roll top or through the front. So, so really excited on that. Um, I use their, their battleship for expedition hunts. It works great. Gosh, it packs heavy loads really well, able to pack, you know, my, my deer and my camp out of Colorado and, uh, my back didn't get sore at all and able to get the weight on my hips and, um, good lift straps to get the weight off my shoulders and, and just really good designs. Um, I've also been using the little big top a lot I really like that for I was using it for day hunts and then short expedition hunts and so if I've got more gear I'm bringing with me for a day hunt I'll use that um, or if I'm planning on doing like a pack out killing a muley and I have to get that plus all my stuff inside it I'll use it or doing these small camping trips where I'm doing two to, to five days I'll bring that little big top I really like the weight of it um, but they're just building great products uh, I really like everly stock and and uh, thanks to those guys for sponsoring the podcast and everything they do okay and over there at Eastman's um gosh there's um the the text messages are flooding in guys are really starting to get in them I know Dan's had a great season i want to get him back on the podcast he finished up his season with a really nice six point or finished up his his elk season or. He might still be hunting elk in Montana. That guy just goes for it. Um, Brandon Mason, uh, we—I just did a podcast with him. Boy, he had a great elk season. Put down just this giant six-point with his rifle. And um, Scott Reekers killed a giant buck with his rifle in that uh, in the Wyoming backcountry. And then I. I saw Guy and Ike, they put down some antelope, and I think I saw a couple bears come through the other day, but uh, everybody's having fun, getting in the outdoors, having some adventures, so it'd be really fun to catch up to all these guys, and, and uh, I sure are, I sure am pumped for them, and it's really fun to, to share in their success through through these text messages and, and uh, emails and then talking to them you know, in, in, over the phone, so um, super excited. We've got a lot of good content coming up. Um, I've really got to get back to work. I've been hunting like a madman and trying to fit in my work in between, but I'm going to have to really focus in here and, and uh, get my work done and, and um, get caught up a little bit here. But boy, it's been a good season. Sharing it with, with family and friends so far, which it was a big part of my goal is just enjoying it and, and helping, um, helping helping my friends out find success and, and get into critters. And so I've definitely done that. Uh, a lot of elk hunting days, Um, it just, it's just been a great season. I just really enjoying myself. So get some work done and, and, um, I've got a few days left here to elk hunt and then, uh, we'll start focusing. I got some mule deer hunts coming up here in the late season and maybe a coos deer trip. And so, um, just get back to my training and get back to my shooting and working hard. The answer is to always put in the hard work. Um, you know for season and so I just want to I want to continue that and work harder than ever to find this consistent success but what a great season man did I have fun Um, so this podcast we share a lot of that we share a lot of the elk hunting and and uh, so let's get this thing rolling I've been talking for long enough so um, we've got uh, uh, Logan Summers we've got Dan Heverin Eastman's Elevated here we go Okay. I'm live here. It's hunting camp. Um, We're getting into October. I got Dan Heverin here, my buddy, and then uh, Logan Summers, my buddy. We've been hunting all three of us for the last handful of days going for it. And uh, before that, we all have quite a bit of elk hunting time in, uh, I was hunting with the Hawaii guys, and then uh, Dan, you've been hunting solo, and then we did a trip early too. Yeah,
1: we did kind of like a scouting slash hunting trip, yeah, yep. yeah, quick two, three days.
0: Logan, you killed a heck of a bull, you're the yep. only one tagged out in the group. Drown, so. Drowned one to death. Yeah, it must be nice. Uh, <laughs> shot him in the river. And then that was a drowned. wild shot in the river oh, too. Oh man, yeah,
2: that was one of the craziest things I've ever seen. Just yeah, see, liver he, shot, right? And yeah, then he just bedded down in the river. Bedded down in the river and then shot him again and then shot him again and shot him again. <laughs> well, He, he was just standing there with his legs locked and yeah. I had arrows to fire. Yeah,
1: so. finish him quick. I do that know.
0: too. Yeah, yeah, they finish up shot and they stand yeah. up and sometimes they just take oh, yeah. that arrow. I'll, yeah. I'll put another it was, one in there. It was like he was a 3D target or a mannequin
2: or something because yeah. he was just like his legs locked. And, I mean, blood was just pouring out of him, but he was just not – he wasn't going to – he didn't fall. And mm-hmm. I was just like,
1: I'll take another one. he's not going any further
2: yeah. than this. This is where he's going to die at. So, just shot him and shot him and shot him and shot him. So, How
1: was it getting him out of the river? Uh, it's pretty hard,
2: actually, <laughs> <laughs> to, to, to begin with. Because, yeah. I mean, we had the guy there. I mean, one of my buddies there taking pictures. And uh, I was just trying to drag him. I'm like, yeah, that's enough with the pictures. So, like, we've got to get <laughs> this thing yeah, out of here. Out before we, he's too waterlogged. Yeah, we, we got him up on a gravel bar and just butchered him right there and okay i mean it was nice because we the meat was already cold like we didn't have to oh, worry yeah. about like because a lot of times i like to debone and everything just because i just don't want the heat on there mm-hmm. and uh we just didn't have to so we just quartered him out and Packed had up. him out right there in the river
0: and that's the way to pre-chill him is to kill yeah, him in the <laughs> river yeah i <that's, laughs> uh, <laughs> we'll have to remember that Wet, wet aging him. yeah no that's wild yeah. man that's got to be like um You see a a few bulls die in the water, but in a river like that, in such a pristine setting, that was a cool place where he killed
2: that bull. I was was pretty happy about it. And a heck of a nice six-point, too. Yeah, that's my biggest one so far. I shot a bull last year that was a little smaller, but this year, I mean, he was just a – Beautiful. Whenever he came up, I was like, man, that's the biggest bull I've ever seen. It wasn't the biggest bull I've ever seen, but that's the setting, like the sun setting behind him. I'm like, that's the biggest bull I've ever seen in my life. And then – yeah, it gets you excited. Oh, that's oh, yeah. awesome. Yeah, he's a gorgeous that's bull. Every time. Every time it happens, every time one yeah. comes up out, I'm like, oh, he's huge. <laughs> it's like, kind of like bears. Every time I see a bear, I'm like, Dude, that's, that's a giant bear. And it's like <laughs> – it's like four foot. I, like. I'm an optimist
0: too. Like uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. Everything oh, yeah. I see I think is a buck off first look. Like, I got to apologize sometimes <laughs> to my buddy because I'll go, oh, there's a buck. It's a big one. you know. And I haven't even put my scope on it or anything. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like, I think it's just the nature of the beast where you see a, a big doe and you yeah. go, oh, that's a buck that's for gotta sure. That's got to be a buck. Yeah. Look,
2: at,
1: look at the color of its body. Yeah. Well, yeah. definitely at night when you're driving down the road and you just see a buck run across the road, you're like, holy crap, that's a good one. Well, <laughs> <laughs> oh, they always look oh, so yeah. big at night. night. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, we that's had a awesome. couple
0: bucks crossing front of us and the headlights yeah. And yeah you just think they're huge but you know they're not even that big yeah they always look bigger and always look bigger going away and on the skyline too yep oh, for yeah. sure I yeah. that's like that one bucket it was like 130
2: and i was like that thing's huge <laughs> it looks it's so giant. good <laughs> and it was just like the sun was rising I'm like yeah we gotta figure out something and uh like gut spots go out and i'm like
1: oh yeah, not
2: a big one mm, yeah. no you
1: get a you killed a nice bull. that was uh, that was awesome yeah, yeah we're both trying to do the same thing right oh, now yeah. It's been a long season so far. It's been actually pretty rough for me, uh, you know. Obviously, you know, a good, uh, good antelope season for both of us, and then, uh, you know, I got my mule deer a little bit earlier than what I actually wanted to. It just worked out that way. But yeah, chasing elk is, man, it's just been a tough year. I've been seeing, seeing them. Had some opportunities on some giants um, hunting down in Idaho this year. I actually, it was a very tough, difficult hunt, but got on, like I said, giant bulls, and uh, it was just desert country down in the sagebrush you know super difficult super loud and crunchy and so now now we're fighting snow and rain and blizzards and Mm. you name it so it's kind of all over the place it's too hot to hunt now it's too cold to hunt i don't know (laughs) (laughs) yeah hopefully
0: it'll help us out but yeah mother nature really dictates like how the elk season will go like i've hunted 20 years in this valley yeah and just every year is different
1: yep for sure no uh this place is kind of a weird weird one you know you got the winds all, always you always count on the winds either some direction and then uh the fog that we've been fighting the last few days um you know we put on quite a few miles let's see the last what two three days right Yep, kind of two three days and we fought uh you know we had some nice warm weather and we fought uh some early morning really thick fog and uh you know finding out elk elk are talking um but you got to be pretty close to him to actually hear them in some of these weather conditions that we're fighting right now.
0: Yeah, that's one thing I've noticed, too, is just oh, yeah. hearing him bugle. Like, you got to be fairly close. Like, yeah. I've watched so many bulls bugle this year that I couldn't hear. Yeah. Or sit on the opposite side of the drainage with the vantage point and, and watch him bugle and the whole deal and can't hear a lick of it, you know.
2: Yeah, and I, I'm starting to think that it's they're not even bugling, like, like a locating bugle, they're more of just, like, talking to their cows. Yeah. Just getting after their cows, yeah. yeah, it's just – they're just talking to their cows versus talking to – Yeah. Other bulls or –
0: You think fired up, it gets louder? Yeah, I think
2: they start really hammering, like – that could earlier be earlier in the season, and then now they're just kind of they're just kind of talking to their ladies. Or you know? if they're fighting off like a yeah. satellite bowl yeah.
0: uh, back and forth, and he's getting worked up, you think yep. his volume is? Yeah, I think he gets higher. louder and louder. Okay.
2: it's not really just a proximity mm. thing; it's more of a how juiced up he well, gets. Her. I think
0: it's air movement too. Yeah. I think that oh, yeah. wind well, makes well, such a difference. Like we had I was a pretty strong on, directional. Today, I am. Um, I hunted with uh, my buddies from Hawaii there for a couple weeks kind of off and on, but we found this giant bull up in this Alpen Basin at like 9,500 feet, and uh, this thing, it was fending off satellite bulls and had 35, 40 cows. They were all over the hillside, and I could watch that thing bugle, and I was not that far away on the vantage point and couldn't hear him, you know, and then Even it got... facing you? Facing me wherever right. he bugled, just couldn't hear it from yeah. the vantage point, yeah. and I, I don't know. For some reason, I always feel like that I I always felt like that sound carried further, you know, but, and sometimes maybe it does. It's the right wind condition. A
1: cold, crisp morning when they first bugle and it's like calm, you know, before the winds pick up in the morning, it seems like they echo up the canyon or up the mountains, you Mm -hmm. know, you can kind of hear them really good, but yeah, this year it's been kind of weird. I've been noticing the exact same thing. I mean, I don't know just the weather or just the humidity i'm not really sure but i mean i can watch them i mean same deal i can watch them bugle but it's like man i just can't locate it's hard to locate to follow them into the trees or follow them up a drainage you know because if you can't hear them you're just kind of going for it just you know putting on miles looking for something to step out yeah that's what this morning was an armed hike an armed hike yeah, yeah that's what it, we got
2: up to the top and then then the rain did, started well it wasn't even that i mean there just wasn't they were it's hard to it's really hard to find them if you're on top,
1: hunting the same hillside, hunting the same hillside you're on.
2: expecting them to be on, yep. and you have no clue where you're at because you hike. I mean, we hiked an hour and a half, two hours in the dark this morning, and then you get up there and you're like, "Where are they at?" You know, you know they you know here. they're somewhere close. Yeah.
1: Oh
0: yeah. Can't see him, can't, can't hear him, this. but yeah. saw them up there last yep. night. A good yep. bull on that hillside, yeah. and we
2: betted him as a thing, and then they're just up before we were up. I mean, yeah where we went they were feeding towards so we figured if we went up that side they were going to walk i mean if if they would have came our way we would have been we would have seen them or they would have we would have been able to make a play right there oh we had a perfect win too yeah oh yeah it
0: was yeah. awesome it was a perfect setup yeah. and i've seen them do that we've killed a couple nice bulls yeah. on that feature before and yeah like you say they were they were bedding down at the end of night, but they were in their feeding feature yeah. just where they were going to feed in bed, yep. but they looked like they felt comfortable right there. Yeah, they like they were going to hang out and then work up to us in the morning. And yeah, we got up there at a good time and just didn't have any come by. Dan, you had the same thing. I thought yeah. you were into the party this morning because so we I. had spotted a bunch of elk up there and satellite bowls and, Cows and um, they never ended up coming up.
1: No, they didn't. You know, ended up looking below and, and started seeing a, a few of them down below us. But uh, you know, bedded up on that uh, private public game again. You know, they're not getting pressure down on the private, so it seems like the weather comes in and they sometimes hold up down there on private. You know, so mm-hmm. it's like. You go up there, and yeah, you can glass a couple bulls d- way down below you, but it's like, no, I mean, I'm in such a good position, and seeing all those elk last night, I thought just keep hiking up, hiking up in some great country, and it just, yeah, it was just kind of weird, you know, just didn't didn't produce this morning, but it's a great spot, and it was a good hike, that's for sure.
0: Yep, that's all you yeah. can do is just keep make, making your best plays, yeah. using your eyes, trying to listen to them, and like the the weather, um, I was saying earlier how it plays such a huge role in in. Elk hunting or any hunting you're doing, it just the conditions are different every year. And 20 years of hunting this valley, it's different every single year. Yeah, for Like, sure. and you find them in different spots. And sure, some of your same spots are good. Like I said, we harvested a couple bulls up there, and now we were hunting a bull in there today. They have spots they like to frequent, but it's not like they've been there every day of the season. The season's been 45 <laughs> days long, and I've seen elk up there a couple times. Like, it's yeah. all timing. And yep. right now we're starting to get the storms. It's pushing them into some of these spots that I like. You know, I also have early high country spots. That's where we were finding them at 9,500. But it seems like elk hunting, it, it it's so timing in a spot. And that doesn't mean that exact same date. It's kind of like those exact same conditions. And even the summer feed, it burns off different or you get more moisture or less moisture. Like there's so much that goes into it. And that's what you're trying to tap into during elk season, it seems.
2: Yeah, that's what early in the year. I mean, we, we had rutting bulls early, early. Like people were like. No, you, like, people don't believe how early we had bulls, like, chasing cows, and it was, like, sep- September, like, 7th, mm-hmm. you know. And, and then you go to a different spot, and they're still rutting, and it's like, oh, it, you know, it hits a little different each. Mm-hmm. Different throughout state. Yeah, each, yeah, well, each place is different. You may go to one mountain range, and you may only go 50 miles, and then they they could be rutting, you know, right now in some other place, and it's just Cold a turkey. bugle fest. That's you know?
1: right. it and,
0: and I think the rut – you know, I've said it before, but it really ebbs and flows, and these cows come into estrus, bulls get worked up, and then they all come out, and then it's a little bit of tending, or I've even seen it where it's crazy rut action, and the next day, nothing's bugling, and the biggest bull is feeding off by himself away from the cows. It's yeah. just not happening, and those those bigger bulls in these high-pressure areas, they they seem to... They'll go down and breed the cows at night, but, like, you remember hunting in those high-pressure areas where the bigger bulls would go down at night and rut Mm -hmm. the cows, and they actually won't tend the herd during the day. They'd leave the herd and go bed off by themselves in some nasty hole and then come down there and and bugle and rut at night. So it just ebbs and flows, and like you say, it can be going off in one mountain range and not in the other. And sometimes you think rain and snow kicks them off and sometimes it turns them on. Sometimes it turns them off. Yeah, exactly. Like it's yeah. like I've had it totally shut them down from the yep. rut, you know, where you're yep. seeing bachelor herds of bulls again and, and other elk, but it's just that those, as those cows come in and out of that estrus and you want to hit that time zone when they're, yep. when they're rutting really good.
1: Yep. No, you brought up a good point today or maybe it was last night. We're kind of, um. You know, we left a different mountain range to come to, you know, come back here to the home front, hunt over here for a few days. But we we did it kind of backwards where we spotted bulls last night and, you know, where they're going to go feed and where they're going to go, you know, bed and where we predicted they'd be at in the morning. But it was kind of the opposite of what you actually wanted to do. It's better to almost glass them in the morning, see where they go in bed. And then hunt them. So right now we're just kind of flip flopped. We're kind of backwards right now. As we far. are. So and then you know tonight comes in and visibility is what fifty yards maybe. Yeah. I yeah. mean just ridiculous. You can see, see the back fence and that's yeah. it. Yeah. So right now I, just, I feel like we're playing catch up at the moment right now. You know we're not quite. We don't have them bedded. We don't have them you know super located right now. I mean we got some ideas, but yeah it'd be nice to get back on track and actually have them um, just in the reverse. You know know where they are in the. Uh, after the morning, after the morning hunt, know where they went to bed, know what drainage they're going to come out on and mm-hmm. feed and stuff. So we kind of have an evening place. So we can be up there on the mountain instead of being down low trying to glass all these hillsides and all these features, you know. So mm-hmm. I just, I'm just couple more days today tomorrow is supposed to be a really nice day it's snowing right now um so i mean that could be good that could be bad but
0: it's gonna shake things yeah, up yeah it's gonna shake it up <laughs> but, you know worst
1: that's case i mean geez we're at least gonna see new fresh tracks in the snow so yes. we'll just yeah. see what it, see what it brings
0: yeah we're excited yeah it, yeah it'll be good. good change is good yeah we'll get a break tonight and, that's what the place
2: that i hunted is it was just like a big brake system and we were up on top and that's where we camped at and if it i mean if it rained we didn't only sit in the truck because we're chicken shits but we sat in the (laughs) truck because like it would literally shut them up like they would be bugling and then a cloud would come over and i'm not kidding you we would be down there and it would just it would like it would start to rain we would put our rain jackets on and you wouldn't hear a single bugle and you're like what in the world i mean these are like there's nine or ten bulls bugling in this place and it's just like it just shut it off completely and we're like did someone hit a light like god hit a light switch or something's going on because they would they wouldn't we would just literally go back to the truck, make mountain house or ramen or make a sandwich or and just sit there and watch football or something on the and then once the rain stopped, we would wait till the evening hunt, glass up a bowl and then make a play and then they would be bugling again. It was just like every time they got wet they just they were quiet. hmm
1: Must be the moon. <laughs> it's the moon. <laughs> moon <face. laughs> yeah, it was it was a weird
2: yeah. It was a weird experience for me too. I mean we were in just like
1: you I had good mean, rut action, though. Yeah,
2: I mean, people talk about, like, man, that was the best elk hunting in my life. Like, I don't know if I will ever be able Like, I could go to some private ranch in New Mexico. I don't think I'm going to be able to top what happened this year. So. God,
0: I love that. There is yeah. nothing better in life oh. than being in the middle of them, you know. It's oh, yeah. so fun. Yeah, and yeah. the
1: party is, oh, my gosh.
0: Yeah, we've had some good encounters this year. And, and you know, you guys were doing a lot of calling and having success doing that. And, and we use the Bugles as a locate call. And man, I used to cow call years ago quite a bit, but I, I really like stalking them and moving in front of them. And yeah. we had a nice play at a good six point here a couple of days ago. But, you know, I, I've noticed too, or what I've learned or picked up on this season. And and uh, we located this good bull. We were making a lot of plays when the Hawaii guys were here, good stalks in mm-hmm. and on them. And we had this one bull one night, me and Rob did, and um, we caught him. He was hung up kind of in these aspens, and the cows were out in front of him, and we made a play for the aspens and popped up on the aspens, and you know how long it takes you to kind of stalk in, and you're slow, and you're quiet, and you're kind of going to where that elk last was, and I've noticed when I'm stalking these things, I almost have to go to where I think they're going to be, yeah, like if I, see the, if, if I see the cows out in front of the bull. Like, I need to make a play on those cows. And if we just would have circled around instead of gone for those aspens and just like a judgment snap decision call, like we would have killed that bull. And then we were behind that bull the whole night until dark hit. We rolled out. He went over the last bench, and we're behind him. Nothing knows we're there. And we roll up over the last bench, and he's like 99 out there in the open and lights turning off. And it was like just this really nice heavy six. But, yeah, I've noticed that when stalking him is you got to try to pay attention where they're moving and just trying to get in front of them. And you can't because they, they move into the wind a lot. So a lot of times you're trying to flank them, you know, you're trying to cut off a spot, but that's one thing that I've really picked up on this season is hunting elk to where they're headed, not where they're at. So you
1: almost think hunting, hunting the cows really, you know what I mean? Focusing on the cows, keeping track of where the cows are going to be. Basically you can say that I think anybody that's hunted elk before can say they can predict where the bull's probably going to end up going. I mean, most, 99% of the time. Yeah, he's not, eventually yeah, going to go to where those guys are. Yeah, exactly. It. So, yeah, it's a hard thing to do. You see a six point and you want to go up to this, where the six point's at, but you almost have to predict where the six points is going to be if you if you hunt like you and I do. I mean, spot and stock game, we're not setting up with a decoy or setting up in the brush with two guys calling 100 yards behind us. We're not playing that game. A lot yep. of times we hunt solo. So how are you going to set up a – call into these elk when you're hunting solo well i think it i think you can man i think it's um you know these guys had success
0: doing it and i think it's the same thing i've always believed it's where you make the sounds from not the sounds you make so if you get in front of those elk or get to where they're headed and you give them a few cow calls or a couple you know they just seem to come check you out now you know i you know i always believe that you call in more satellite than herd bull but man guys kill herd bulls every single year but i really think it's It's not just chasing them, calling at them, and there's, like, this art to it of trying to get in front of them and move around it that I think a guy can get really good at. So, like, I think all these tactics apply to it. But, yeah, it's getting in front. Like, we had a a bull with a lone cow that came out in the meadow, and, man, if they just would have fed there, we would have killed them. But they were on the move for some reason. Not spooked, not just moving country like elk do. Elk love to walk. You know, they're, they're just nomadic by nature and just, just walking away. But if we would have gone to where they were headed instead of getting in behind them and then trying to trail them the whole night, you know, like we, we probably would have killed that bull and we came dang close. We got in bow range like three different times, but oh, yeah. I really think that's the key to it. Whether you're calling or whether you're stalking is being where those elk want to go.
1: Yep. Yeah. Predicting where they're going to be. Yeah. No, and, that's a good, that's a good And flanking way. them too. Like, oh, yeah. um.
0: They're always moving, nosing into the wind. It seems like, mm-hmm. whenever they're moving, and so like you can't get in front of them all the time. So yeah. then it's about trying to cut them off yeah. or you know keep that playing that the angle wind game. Dry. Yep. Well, and you you were talking about hunting them in the evening. Like I love the winds you get in yeah. the evening.
1: Yep. Yeah, because a lot of times they let's just you know they're up on a mountain. They're usually going to start feeding down or across. You're down below. You got your wind right. You got your thermals coming down wind. I mean, yeah, you got you got some elevation to gain, but you can play the angle game. You can cut them off right to left or straight up, and they you know you're always you know your win's going to be good. Um, so it's just predicting what the country looks like or you know getting cover. But I mean, you can almost play even if you wait back and wait wait for them to come down to you. I mean, either way, you can, you know, go up to them or or wait them out. But at least I feel like you almost have the upper hand kind of, you know, because your wind's in your favor. Um, You kind of know where they're headed. You know, the only thing that I don't like about evening hunting is you lose light. That's the same thing. Oh, it drives you nuts. You You finally get in. Yeah. Yeah.
2: And you waste a morning. Yeah.
1: That's what all of
2: us the other day were like, man, we got to go. We just got to go. We got to go. Because if we didn't go up there this morning, we'd have just been stagnant sitting in the house all day, you know. Yeah, yeah. I was getting cabin fever. I was only here for <laughs> six hours or what? after we got back from yep. hiking this morning yep. and got back here and I was, you guys had left because I didn't have any dry shoes <laughs> You were out of boots. I was out of boots. <laughs> I'm, all my boots were wet. Like the insoles were wet. There was nothing I could wear and I wasn't, I didn't bring my $70 flip-flop. That's a story for another time. <laughs> but yeah, I was just like, I mean, after you've hunted as much as we have, it's just like you not hunting or you're not doing something, you're like what am I doing? Yeah, <laughs> like, you, you days, it, yeah, you gotta be smart about it though. You gotta be smart. Like yeah. today,
1: I mean, you gotta admit, the yeah. the ceiling fell fell down today and yeah. I mean like I said, visibility's nothing. I'm not the type of guy that just goes for a hike with my bow in my hand. If I don't can't hear him, can't see him, don't know yeah. if there's elk in there, I am not gonna just you know, just hike across the hillside because that's never worked for me. So I yeah. just, you know, I'd, I'd, li- I'd, rather hunt a little bit smarter than that. So yeah, it's good. You know, take a, take a little, um, you know, breather today and yep. go through the gear and dry things out and kind of make a solid plan for the next day. I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. You know, get some good dinner in us and tonight. We, yeah, you
2: know. we got to stretch the legs this morning too. And we, oh yeah, we yeah. went. We
1: both. I think all three of us really went for it. It was. It was a good hike this morning. I yeah. mean, man, I, I know I, I hiked for several hours just nonstop. So it was good. Yeah.
2: yeah I wish I did.
1: Brian did. i did yeah. not. <laughs> you took a break. Keep, I was trying to keep up the whole time.
2: Yeah. I <laughs> did
0: great. You made the top. Yeah. Heck, we were pushing, trying to race daylight, just oh, yeah. trying to catch him up there. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. yeah, if we, we do it. that again, we're gonna have to wake up a little earlier because I'm. Yeah. Yeah,
2: I thought. I thought. I, well, I was doing pretty good, and we got like. I mean, we got to like our first like 1500 foot climb, and people are not gonna believe me whenever I say this. Like 1500 foot climb, Brian did not stop one time. Yeah. <laughs> and we it. like got, and we, I was like. And I didn't – I mean, I didn't stop, but I'm way slower walker. I'm like an old man. I'm, 20, guys, I'm did a 24-year-old. you guys
1: headlamps, year old. headlamps this morning for quite a ways? Uh, headlamps, and then yeah. we shut up.
0: Uh, we shut them off. off at the final ascent. Okay, sure. Yeah.
2: Yep. And, I mean, I'm like a 24-year-old, like, old man. Like, I just <laughs> walk slowly. Like, but I don't miss anything. That's what I – that's
1: a, That's mm-hmm. my claim to fame. I'm just like, there man,
2: you, go. you guys – you guys missed all this crap hey There's, you uh, had an antelope buck wolves.
1: at 20 yards a couple days ago that brian and i didn't even see coming <laughs> and you're turning yeah. around getting ready yeah. to throw and it. i didn't have a bow <laughs> I,
2: all i had was two sheds in my hand <laughs> yeah and so yeah we that, missed that yeah i'm just walking slow and these bucks or these does come out and they're like 10 yards at one point and i was like hey like everybody like look back here and brian turned around <laughs> and then this i mean just a masher buck comes out and i'm like what am yep. i supposed to do like <laughs> i don't have a bow bow's in the truck i'm yeah. the camera guys yeah but.
1: no there's times where i think i am at fault or i kind of just kind of put my head down and start rattling off the miles or you know just going for it you know yep. and maybe maybe i should slow down just a little bit and, and that's why you
2: guys make look the around. best of friends just Cause hiking yeah oh you guys are just two peas in the pod <laughs> 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 when we went to colorado brian's like once the pain starts I just don't stop and yeah. I'm like, Yeah, I know. <laughs> Trust me, I've I've watched you zigzag up yeah. and down this mountain and it just this never stops. Oh, it just, you gotta you gotta yeah.
1: you gotta love the burn. I mean oh, once yeah. it starts burning, you know it's doing something and you just kinda have to put a smile on your face and grind it out. It's kind of how all of our adventures go, whether it's camping in a ditch or camping in the <laughs> underneath the truck or in the back of the truck or up on the cliff or in a tree or wherever it is. It just kind, you know, you just kind of endure and yeah, do that's, it. Yeah,
2: that's what this year was good because I just found like my pace, and that's yeah. where I'm. Like I know like my, where my rev limiter's at, and that's where I'm at. Hey, and, if you know where and you're and headed, day, it's yeah. it's all good. If you yeah. know
1: where the guy's gonna be, and you're gonna meet him. Yeah. What's what's the big deal? I mean, it don't matter. That's
2: what Colorado. I mean, we got up there, and I mean, it was. It was a long way. In oh, yeah. It's you a bet, real deal. Bet, I've it's been like, there several times. That's oh, a yeah. real deal. High country, 13 miles, one direction hunt. And we got in there the next day. I wasn't sore. Like, didn't have any issues. Didn't have calf yeah. soreness, leg soreness, anything. So it See, was, the
1: miles in that place doesn't bother me. No, I'm not kidding. Miles yeah. don't bother me. It's the um, It's the gain and loss and gain and loss and gain. Is what uh, what gets a guy, you know? Yeah. Like I said, yep. miles, shit, shit. I can go for. Yeah, I can hike all day nonstop. Yeah. I'm not worried about that. But, but it's man, the, it's that. the
2: three. That, uh, the 3,000, 2,000 foot Yeah, climb. the
1: 5,000 to 13,000 to, you know, it's yeah. just like, holy cow, this is this is a good go. Elevation's yeah. a killer. Oh, it is. It really is. The, the equalizer. E- the equalizer, that's yeah. what we
2: call it the whole
0: time. Like, man, oh, yeah. There is not a lot of dudes doing this. And you're always yeah. walking up. <laughs> I don't it know how that works. Yeah. It should be half and yeah. half, but it's, you feel like you're always walking up. It's like the, the old up. adage, like
2: your dad always said, like, I used to walk to school it was uphill both ways. Yeah. and carried my shoes over my shoulders.
0: That's what.
1: Mm-hmm. That's what it feels like. That's what it yeah. feels like. Oh yeah, it was it's fun what? though. Sure.
0: Yeah. High country, it it also takes it out of you that that high elevation. Yeah. You know, it's more exertion on you. It's like, um, you know, I, I think it's it's less oxygen. So what makes sense to me is that you get less less oxygenated blood as well, yep. Yep. and so your muscles fatigue faster what, too.
1: What, what I notice is is it it your recovery time like you're ex, you're exerted. You got your thirty to. 50 you know, 45 pound pack on your back, and it you know we're down at this elevation. I mean, I could recover in just a few minutes, right? Go for a good hike, get the sweat, get the you know yeah. you know get the burn. You need to stop for a couple of minutes, you know, some deep breaths, and then and you're back to normal. You can go again. Up there, I think is what I made a mistake and. A mistake with like what two years ago, is I felt like I should be recovered by now. Like man, come on! I've done this a ton of times. I should yep. be recovered. I, you know, so you take off a little bit too soon. I think you gotta have that in the back of your mind. You know, yeah, it should only take me five minutes to recover. You know what? There, what's wrong with taking ten minutes to recover? Mm-hmm. You know, and I think that's what kind of got me. I, I mean, I got that elevation poisonous or sickness or whatever, yep. and it's the first time I've ever had it. But I want to make sure I never get it again. You know, I, you know, even if that slows a guy down, that's not a big deal. If you're gonna get there and you wanna spend seven to nine days up in that kind of elevation i don't care if it takes 24 hours to get there you pace know. yourself pace yep. yourself yeah you know well the faster
0: go. you go like i know um you know marathon running or even 10k running like i can run a 10k no problem sure. but when i try to run a 10k at a breakneck speed because i'm in some race or something yeah. i blow myself up yep. and exhausted by the time yep. i get done it's all about the pace you set you know and so yeah if you set a a pace that's faster you know than the the miles you have to go and the elevation you have to climb you're you're putting more stress on your body you're going to be sore the next day and you're just you're running the red line and any time you're running that red line you're on a limited amount of time you know and that's so, going to run out so
1: you got to you got to remember i mean hunting with you is is always i don't want to say a challenge I, I i enjoy it you know i enjoy it um but you got to know uh i got to know my own limits mm mm-hmm. Um, you know, not really worry about you and not really worry about you. i got to worry about myself and staying healthy. That's exactly right. So, I mean, if it takes me 20 more minutes to get to the top, Brian's up there waiting for me, I'm not going to feel bad about that. Nope. He can wait. Because
2: it's going to take me me 20 more minutes after you. So you don't don't don't, have 20 minutes to rest. (laughs) Let the the guy glass (laughs) around
1: and, and recharge. and I mean, do whatever he wants. Take pictures. I mean, it doesn't matter. You You know, there are a few years there where I hunted with you and I I felt like, you know, I got to make sure and keep up with the guy. Well, that's not the fact anymore. That's not Mm -hmm. the truth. If I need an extra breather, man, I'm going to take it, Yeah, you know you got to protect yourself. you got to protect your feet and your legs and your lungs. And Listen to your body. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, let the guy get up ahead of you. That's totally fine. And you let him scare off the bears or whatever. That's no big deal. <laughs> I was going, get up the to first going up today and all these signs <laughs> are like, make sure you hunt with a partner. Make sure you have bear spray. And I'm like, well, I'm solo. Well, I don't have bear spray. I'm like, this is a good start to my hunt this morning. <laughs> 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 so, yeah, way to, way to be prepared once again.
0: Yeah, for sure. But, yep.
2: But, yeah, I mean, the elk. It was nice coming from where we came from. There's giant bulls there. Yeah. But not seeing the number of bulls that I've been seeing this year was – Yeah. You come here, and then Brian's like, yeah, just check these two out and, or check these two faces out. And then, I mean, didn't take no time. You're like, oh, there's a bull. Oh, there's some cows. Yeah, it's oh, it's, it's, a uh, it's oh. weird out there. I I yeah. hunted
1: a new place I've never hunted before this year, and um, I, I don't know what to think of it yet. I'm still pondering it in my mind. Um, I, mean, I guess I'm used to hunting a different location um, where I was into bulls every single day. Mm-hmm. Maybe not very good quality bulls, um, but bulls nonetheless. So Six-point bulls. Yep. Used to seeing them. Used to being in them. Used to always being on a glass of bull multiple times every single day. And now I'm hunting this other spot where I do truly believe the quality of bull is there because I've seen it this year. It's greater. It's greater than unbelievable. Average, yeah. but But um, straight up, there's two, three days you might not see a bull. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or uh, more. Or more. or more. And that's yeah. uh, that's that's hard on a guy like me where I, I, I feel like, man, I've always had the habit or the luck of always been able to find bulls. I've always been able to get into bulls. And, you, I mean, I'm like day three, day four, and I have yet to find a bull. It's like, what am I doing wrong? Now I'm questioning everything. Now I'm calling Brian. Now I'm calling whoever. I, like, what <laughs> am I doing wrong right now? Like, I am not fine. I'm doing everything like I'm supposed to be doing, but I am not finding them. The country is just so vast and so big and very unglassable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so y- it, you almost need to be quick. You got to use your truck more as a tool. And I am not a truck hunter, or road hunter. I never have been. I never will be. But the truck situation, or side by side, four wheel, or whatever you're you're running, um, you get, think of it as a tool. It's got to be a tool. You can, you can glass this feature and this feature. That's all you got. Yep you know so i mean you just got to move and there's you gotta you gotta go and you can't just jog where where are you gonna gonna go you gotta get in the truck you gotta drive 20 minutes and go find another feature because you may hike i mean whenever we hiked into that one spot and we just
2: lucked up and walked up on a bull yeah Yeah. let's just be honest like that was just like (laughs) like oh there's one right there i'm like wow really yeah we we parked the truck we walk literally five minutes yeah like oh there's a six point and i'm like there's no way <laughs> that this guy is this lucky. You know. Yeah, yeah. And, that uh, doesn't always happen. Yeah, and we walked over and then got on the other point, and then you could glass maybe, I mean, you could glass a big sex, section, but it was yeah. five, six, or. Four but very mi- cut four up, miles very away. cut up Yeah, section. and you couldn't glass the entire thing. Yep. You could be looking right past some things and they, they would only be.
1: Yeah, and I'm good about being on a feature and um, not just sitting there and glassing from one spot. I'll move to like six, seven, eight different spots on that one feature and get different angles, different brush, different, you know, the sun starts coming up. You got to start picking out the shade. You got, you know, you, I'm good at that. I just, man, it's just a, it's a different challenge out there. And, uh, you know, it's hard way to learn when it's, you know, October. Yeah, I'm still chasing to yeah. fill my tag. You know, yeah. it's kind of kind of frustrating. But there is bulls. Um, there's some good ones, some great ones. Yeah. Gosh, I was I had the opportunity to. Um, I've only hunted a few bulls this year, but I had the opportunity on a complete giant down in Idaho, and it was just a pleasure. It made my whole nine or ten days down there. It it made the trip for me. I, I yeah, I ate my tag. That's that's fine. Um, it was the being having the opportunity to hunt something that caliber made. My entire two weeks down there worthwhile. It was it was incredible. It was just like breathtaking. Every angle on that thing I got, and I was on them two different days, like three hours, you know, in the morning, just hunting this thing, and doing everything right. And yeah, just I'm not going to just fling a a you know a long bomb arrow at something like this or no. anything. But man, if I'm gonna hunt this thing, I'm gonna do it right, and I'm gonna get in tight to this thing because it was incredible and so go out this new spot, Brian, and I decided let's, you know, let's mix it up this year. Let's go get a different elk tag. And we decided to do that. You know, it was risky. We were both questioning each other. Like, are you sure? Are you sure? And you know, take the challenge. And we got out there and I think you're the one that actually found this bowl. I went back and, and hunted him a few days later and got right back on this bowl. And, And from, from when we saw him, it was several miles off and we both knew it was a stud. We didn't want to like, how big you think? I don't know how big you think. I don't know. You know, don't really talk about it. I got in close on that bull. I got in that bull, um, inside 35 yards. And, uh, I mean, it was, I mean, three brow tines on one side, split fifths, 14 inch kicker off his sword. I mean, it was just like, what is that? And it was just incredible experience, you know? So you know that's pretty cool. I I don't think a lot of guys even get to see that caliber bull in several years, and I got on two complete giants this year. So I'm yeah. not I'm not real disappointed. I just I it's just tough. I'm used to seeing a lot more, but uh, you know sticking through it. I got a couple more weeks here, and you know hopefully notch my tag. You know come down to the end see where we're at. Yeah,
2: you spend a lot of days alone too. I mean that's hard hunting. Yeah, I by uh, the, by yourself is like people don't take that in, into consideration because I did a lot of days by myself last year. I'm like dude. I'm losing my damn mind.
1: Like I uh I went to gas stations to talk to people and stuff. <laughs> <I> was, <laughs> hey, like, hey, hey my, uh, my hey, name's uh, Logan, what you, are you doing? <laughs> no, uh, I uh, very much enjoy um running solo. I, I feel yeah. like over the years, if I look back over the last you know you know, a few years of hunting. I hunt very well with Brian, I always have, but I feel like I've always been a little bit more successful being solo. I, yeah. I don't know why that is. I have no idea. I just, uh, I, I make, a, I'm not really sure why. I, I do enjoy being your alone. In, your intuition. You know, and... shut the phone off, shut everything off, listen to a couple podcasts. Um, Just kind of do my own thing and and camp wherever I want and just kind of pick up and move. And I I think you're the same way. I think you enjoy being so there's times where being solo is just pretty cool when you're just you're you're relying on yourself and your gear or whatever you're doing. You're relying 100 percent on yourself. Ninety nine percent of the time. I don't have cell phone coverage, it seems like. So it's like I'm I'm out here solo. And, you know, you're up there in the middle of the mountain at dark and you're, you're, you you're got yourself turned around and, you know, you forget to save a map on Onyx. And you're like, oh, my gosh, what situation mm. I just get myself in? But, uh, you know, I love that. I love the thrill. I love the challenge. So, yeah, I, I, I enjoy it and I'll continue to do it. It's fun.
2: Oh, man, it is Maybe, one, maybe
0: once I get older and I grow up. <laughs> <laughs> I don't get it anymore, but.
1: It's fun to share the
0: hunts with yeah. buddies. Oh, yeah. And sure. enjoy them together. But, yeah, there's also something fun about that solo hunting, too um yeah you 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 don't run any decisions by anybody like you you make all the decisions you're in charge of your own safety you you know you're you're on your own and it's it's fun to take on that challenge too i think it's fun to mix and match do both
1: yeah no it's always nice it's always great to hunt with a guy or or a couple buddies and you know you're traveling a long ways in a truck together sharing stories and laughs and i mean Come on, it's, it's fun the whole time. We smiled all the way down, all the way back. We had a, we had a great time, you know. It was, it was awesome. So hunting with buddies is, is is awesome. Just as good, if not better. But, man, it's nice just to mix it up whenever you can.
0: Well, an elk are so, you know, everything's morning and night, it seems yeah. like. You know, I mean, I guess the antelope, you hunt all day long. You yep. know, bears, yep. you kind of hunt all day long. And even, you know, in mule deer hunts, you can continue to glass for them because they're spread out throughout the country. And you never know when you're going to glass one bedded. But, yeah, I... Elk are just such a morning and night yeah. creature. Like if, if you're on them, like you may have a middle of the day hunt or, you know, they they may rut late into the morning and you chase them back in there and they're still rutting at 12 o'clock and you still see them bugling throughout the day and you're hunting them or you bet them and get a stock. But a lot of days, you know, if you're not on elk or they put away in the deep, dark timber, you got a long day to yourself you got to, a long Yeah, day. to figure out how you're going to spend it. So it's always nice to hang out with buddies and then – make a play for the evening and a lot of time you know you can use that middle of the day to be moving your camp or yep. to be going deep in somewhere else and we did like a, a bivy trip out when we were out there we keep uh like our running joke now is sleeping in the ditch so like we <laughs> yeah. we didn't make our camp until after it was dark and we were yep. on elk it was a it was a cool experience there and then we we're looking for a place to sleep and we got lightning and thunder in the backdrop and we've all gone super light. Like I have my bivy sack that yeah. doesn't even really work that well. Dan, you've got tarp. a tarp. <laughs> 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 Logan had a pretty good bivy sack that he's pretty comfortable with, but, um, yeah, and we finally settled on this ditch is where we slept. Yeah. Like this is this, this there was a little that bit of a tree, yeah. yeah, it was pretty flat, and it was underneath the tree. It was a yep. good spot. It was spot the best of sure. both worlds. It yeah. was
2: kind of flat, and it kind of had cover. Yep,
1: kind of and kind of.
2: Yeah, for sure. Yep, we just settled. But no, touch, touching
1: good. back on that, uh, I'm not kidding, man. There's times where you might only have twenty to thirty minutes in the evening, or in the morning. Yep. I mean, it's crucial to be at that spot.
0: And, and sometimes they come out as early as five o'clock Oh yeah. or, you know, sometimes in the yep. morning they're out late, but a lot of times you're right, 20, 30 minutes out in their feeding feature. And then they get back in that sparse timber and they continue to graze and move and yep. rut, but it's back where you can't really see them. And in a lot of times you can't go after them. Like, like I don't, I'll chase elk if I can see them or if I can hear them. You know, and if I can see him, I can kind of move with him. If I can hear him bugling, I can keep moving in their direction and glassing in front of me, trying to catch those cows. But if I can't see him or I can't hear him, boy, it's tough for me to oh, go man, in the deep dark timber is. after him. You know, I just feel like I'm going to end up spooking them. Yep, just Nothing chasing waterfalls that. at that point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Waterfalls and unicorns. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, yeah,
2: I. That's like my, like my style is like fine. Like I don't even like calling, calling to them first. Like I always like gla- like glass at first visually seeing sure. where they're at on like a certain feature before i drop into anything yep. like calling because i mean we've called bulls and you're like oh they're just an the next ridge and then next thing you know they're on top of you yeah they're on top of you or they're even further away and you get set up and you're calling and you're like where's this thing at you know and it disappeared because he dropped down into you know uh just a a coolie or something. And then he's coming back up the other side and then it's like, man, he's right. I mean, it just like happens real quick. quick And
0: it's so tough if they bugle in different directions too. Oh yeah. They're different spots. Yeah. Like I've had a couple bowls that I've just like still haunt me to this day. That they're giant big bulls that I want to be killing, that I want to be chasing, and I'm on them, and I'm coyoting the herd, and I can hear them bugling, and I'm moving with them. I'm trying to get to their their bedding zone where they're going to feed around and calm down right in that location and look for beds, and all of a sudden he bugles, and it's like he bugles away from me, and it echoes off the canyon wall, and it sounds like he's in the next canyon. Yep. And so I go racing Two down there, over, and I just whatever. step down on him at about thirty <laughs> yards and blow up the whole herd. Yep. I've done that a couple times. God, I just kick myself. And I know, you know, one of one of my Hawaii buddies, Sean, he had that where he, you know, thought the bull was somewhere else, or he was trying to get the wind right, ran right into him and blew him up. And I knew, like yeah. on his trip, you know, that was that was what bugged him the most is messing up on that bull. You hate making mistakes, but elk, you also you got to go get into them.
1: You you can't... You can be aggressive with elk, for sure. Yeah, you
0: you can't just sit on the edges and watch them and just hope for this miracle encounter. Like, elk, you always see them... Like, they're never very close, either. They're always way away when you see them or, you know, you hear them, but... You gotta go chase them and get into them. You can't be afraid to go get into elk. And you know, you you gotta crack a few eggs to make an omelet, and you gotta spook a few bulls before you can get an arrow in one. Like I just think you gotta get into them, and you're trying to get the wind right and all the conditions right. And we're trying to be smarter, better elk hunters, thinking about everything and trying to hunt elk where they're moving and getting your yeah. wind right. But you know the truth of it is, is you got to go get into them, and sometimes when you go get into them, there's a cow you didn't see, or you make a bad move. But you know, I think that's the way to hunt elk is aggressively, yeah. no matter how you're hunting. Yeah,
2: because that's elk hunting. That's not yeah. elk viewing, because you can waste. Oh yeah, Sit days back away. Yeah, days and days away of just like sitting there glassing. you're like, oh, there's bulls, and then you're just like, oh, there's no, I can't, you know, this. I don't have, this have a one, perfect opportunity. Yeah, this right one now, maybe, yeah. you know, it's not like, I mean, I feel like killing high country meal there is harder than killing elk. I mean, just on – I mean, because the, they are all – I mean, all their senses are – Heightened. Heightened. They're up and you you can make one mistake with them. You can kind of make mistakes mm-hmm. without – I mean, just like today, where they had those bulls walk out and they were just a three-point and then a spike. And, I mean, we just stood there at 60 yards, you know, and just, like, stood there still. And they were just, like, looking at us, like, bobbing their head back and forth and, like – then they just turned and wheeled away and we're like like you 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 have more time with those i feel like than you do with with mule deer because mule deer sometimes i mean
1: it's just like yeah you don't have that up you're just done, like, it's done and yeah. it yeah, doesn't it's
2: matter done. what you're doing like they're gonna figure they're gonna see like they're gonna see the glare in your eye or something mm-hmm. crazy and it's just like whoop, they're looking right at you and it's like
1: yeah i've been able to get away with actually quite a bit more with elk than other yeah. animals like I've always been able to, it, it seemed not always, but it seems like I've been able to reach down and get my binos out and look through it or yeah. reach down, grab my range finder, yeah. click them off, put it back yeah. down. You know, if you do slow movements in front of your body where you're not like, you know, on the sides or anything quick, if you do anything yeah. quick, you're done. But man, yeah. they're, they're a curious animal, you know, and so it's kind of it's cool to be able to see what you can do being in tight with them, and it's always pretty exciting.
0: Yeah, they'll put up with a little bit more. They will. And and elk make a lot of noise when they move through. And so therefore, you know, you can make a little bit more noise moving through. They'll put up with a little bit more. And, um, you know, I I have seen them like in those high pressure spots where they are like hunting an antelope, like they are on high alert. And then there's other elk that are wilderness elk that don't see very many humans and they're pretty relaxed and they're not expecting to see it because they haven't been chased all year. They haven't been bumped all year. And so they're just elk being elk. And then you kind of get your chance to move and yeah, you can get away with a little bit more movement in the shadows and then the timber than you can on a mule deer and antelope. You can get away with more noise and then You're right. If you if you freeze a lot of times, you get away with more. And I think, like you were saying, range find. Like you can you can get away with a little bit more slower movement before they bust or break. And there's always exceptions to the rule. But I feel that way with elk too. And yeah, I I I like to hunt them aggressive. Like I like to get the wind right. And if it's not right, like I'm not always gonna charge all in and go get into like some. I like to put them away to bed in the morning and then get on them in the evening. Because a lot of times you don't have enough time to get to them where they're at or they already make it to the deep, dark timber, or they stop bugling. And so then I know where those elk are at. I don't want to blow them out of the
1: country. Well, you can't keep track of, if he's got seven, eight, even 20 cows, you can't keep tra- You might be able to keep track of where he beds. You're not going to keep track of where all 20 cows bed. Mm-hmm. So what's your play? You're going to just sneak in there just watching the bull? I mean, yeah, yeah I know what you're saying. It's, it's super difficult, like a muley buck. I mean, yeah, you can watch him bed and watch his, you know, two, three other buddies bed. And they're usually pretty tight, and you can kind of see where everything's at. You know, elk, it's a different story. The bull might bed way above his cows or below his cows or off to the side. And there could be some cows and calves scattered throughout the timber. I mean, it's just, it's, it's tough to actually go make a play in their bed. I mean, there's times where you can for sure. But yeah, I like, I like what you said about, you know, watching where they at, where they entered the trees, where they're, you know, you not, you know, they're not going to go too far when they're, you know, it's late in the morning, you know, they're going to looking for their beds. And so it gives you such a solid play in the evening to be, within striking distance and let them come out to you mm-hmm. with a good wind, you know, factor in the wind, of course, but yeah, you
0: can keep better track of those. Yeah. Numbers when they're in their feeding feature. It yep. seems like the they're up in their bed. when they're
1: up and single filing out or doing yep. whatever they're doing or talking or and, whatever. And every
0: once in a while there is a good play on their bed. I'd say more open country where yeah. you can actually see them bed. Or I've seen them, I've also like coyoted the herd and I've followed them to where they start bedding down and I'm already within oh, 100, 200 there. yards. Yeah. I'm like in their bedroom with them yep. and they start bedding down. Well, then I can move on them a little bit better. But as far as like trying to still hunt them when they disappear in the deep, dark timber, yeah. Like, I mean, every once in a while, you'll be moving slow through there and catch some milk. But for the most part, you end up blowing them, you know? The and only so, time I
1: kind of enjoy doing that is those days where you have that high wind. Okay. And you get in there and you got, you got your noises covered. Obviously, your wind's good. You can just take your time and you get away with... You know, even tripping over a st- you know stick here and there because you're you're up there glassing, you're looking at everything. I just feel like I've had some pretty good opportunities, you know, in high wind situations where you can really get in tight to some elk because yep. they're not you know they can't hear anything yep. in that high wind. So. Well,
0: and and you do have to chase them into that timber. Yeah, well, yeah. At some point, you know, and especially if they're calling or if yep. it seems like most of the time they're moving, you're not trying to hunt them in their bed in that deep dark timber. You're trying to move and you're trying to just get eyes on them. But it's important when you're hunting that timber is is to really glass it as you go too is to really work slowly through it yeah. like you you can't hurry through it trying to catch elk in the timber or you end up busting them you really got to see them first yeah. couple and it's steps. A, it's an art yeah a couple yeah.
1: steps and all of a sudden you can see around this tree well you might want to stop and glass around that tree you know mm-hmm. so it's like any any time the you know the um what what you want to say just the graphics in front of you or whatever you want to call it in front of you everything changes a little bit you better throw up your glass and just have a look-see there could be a cow just sitting there staring in your direction i mean yeah it's glassing is huge it's the most important thing i do i know that well
2: something you guys have done that i've noticed i mean i do it to an extent but you guys never peek over you guys never walk over a ridge like it's like like it's not even like it's like a subconscious thought for you guys. Like it's instant. You guys stop. No, anytime you guys I see, like all, only things poking up is your head and then you walk a little bit forward and then you walk a little bit and then, and then you just slowly, that's how you work it.
1: Anytime you see sky in yeah. front of you or skyline in front of you, that is one of the most dangerous things you can do is just jumping over it or standing on the top. Yep. Everybody wants to stand on the top and look at it. You know, Brian taught me a long time ago, years and years ago, we were mule deer hunting together and I think, I want to say it was actually back in Colorado. Um, we used to belly crawl um, with our bows behind us or in front of us, belly crawl over these saddles and ridges. And and yet you take a little bit of time, go really quiet and really slow and get make sure both of us and dragging our packs behind us are down far enough. So nothing is skyline, not yep. anything about us is skyline. Then you can kind of roll on your side and roll on your back and throw up your binoculars yep. nice and slow and glass. I mean, any movement on the skyline, you're done. Yep. No matter what animal you hunt. I believe yep. any animal, even a bear. I mean, if you're up on the skyline, you move, you're done. Yep. They, they pick that up so quick. That's Mo- funny. Movement I, yeah. is like
2: the – well, it's just like I, I'm i coming – I mean, I'm looking from a different angle. And you guys mm-hmm. are always side by side or you're out like right next to each other. And I'm always a little ways back. And I'm just like slowly picking, like seeing things you guys are doing. And I'm just like, oh, yeah, that makes sense.
0: Man, that's really cool. Yeah. So. I that ridgeline assault is so important yeah. and whether you're yeah. trying to pick up the animal or you're making your final approach. Yeah. Like you're you're always like exposing yourself. And yeah, we we used to like um we used to crawl over the top not to skyline ourselves, but I think when doing those ridgeline approaches you see how it's just like that anytime any new country reveals, yep. you throw your glass up on it. Like just You'll see an extra six inches of country or whatever yep. it is, yep. and then you take another couple steps and you glass and another couple and, steps. And don't and just
1: glass where you think he is. Glass yeah. way to the right and way yeah. to the left. Isn't that the truth?
2: Oh, man. Because, yeah. I mean, that makes your play way easier because you can just back down Yeah. and then adjust.
1: Yeah. Oh, he's, back out if I you need have to. I need
2: to back out and move 100 yards to yeah. east or west or
1: whatever, you know north or south, whatever. Yep that ridge line and makes it way easier. Take a different approach. Definitely, a lot of times these animals, definitely these bigger bulls, it seems like they go over a ridge or a saddle and they kind of hang out for a minute or even if they're bugling or do whatever and like definitely we we used to hunt high-pressured elk. It seemed like I was only successful chasing these things down and then letting them go over the ridge. And then, holy crap, hold on. I would be a dead sprint to where they just went over. And, you know, if I, if they're at an angle, maybe I'd go down, but like, you know, 10, 20 yards where they, below where they crossed. And I just like get, get an arrow knock, get ready, you know, get a breath, get my range finder out. And then I'll just slowly go over the top. And a lot of times, man, he and they're was just right shooting there. top to top. Yeah, or he like was right there. Edge to edge. Yeah. yeah, exactly.
2: Yeah, that's definitely something that I need to, yeah. Because not so much the peeking over the top, but the uh, cutting them off. Because yeah. I've had some – I mean, I haven't killed an antelope yet. It's yeah. still a little late in the archery antelope season, but I, I had some slam dunks this year, like <laughs> layups. Like they were like – does were down in the bottom, and then there was a buck feeding along, and I was just like, oh, I'll just come over top and kill him. I'm like – and then I came over top, and he was already down the next yeah, – around right. the next coulee, and he's looking right at me. I'm like, I am so stupid. Like all I had to do was go to the next – like. All I had to do was cut him off, and I would have shot, you know, a 70-inch goat. And I'm like, man, I I, I would kick myself in the hind end for, like, days. I'm like, God, I'm so oh, yeah. dumb. i like, <laughs> I don't know why. Like, I mean, there's no rhyme or reason. It's just – that's another thing, hunting by myself. I'm just like, man, I'm so stupid sometimes. <laughs> I still do Cause you Don't, don't, I, don't, rant, rant I don't ever I, that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I like I like whenever it's like me or Brian or us three, like, we really talk through things. And like, yeah. Cause we, we out. all have different experiences and yeah. have experienced different things. And, and it's good to hear that you can yeah. pick
1: up on those ideas and be yeah. like, you know what that actually in this situation, that makes sense. I kind of yeah. like we you, you know, we're, yeah. where we're going with this and yeah, it helps a lot. Yeah. It's yeah. kind of, it's wild. Um, two minutes on the hoof compared to two minutes on the foot. Is a big difference. Animals can cover country so much more than it's like humans can. Like 100 miles per hour. Oh my god! Even if they're just then, walking, it doesn't yeah. matter. It's like, man, those things can travel. Yeah. Well, and we got to
0: try to be quiet as yeah. we're trying to move, yeah. and that's the trick. Well, they don't. They yeah. don't care. They yep. just crunching. quiet
1: and wind. Yeah,
2: that's what today we were just walking, and it was like, we would walk out of like a crunchy section. I'm like, oh, it's not this bad, and then there'd be another plant. Yep. That had like wilted and died. For, like, the next 100 yards, I'm like, I don't know, tell Brian, like, yeah, we're walking on marbles. We're walking on, I mean, at one point I failed, and Brian just looked back and I was like. What do I do? He's like, walking on marbles, man. I don't know what to tell I you. Went, I went across. Because <laughs> it got slick once it rained, too. No, I
1: went across, I think, two, two actually pretty good um, rock slides up there. And holy crap, I was wearing the wrong boots apparently because, <laughs> yeah. man, that was just like on ice. It was horrible getting across oh, those rock slides, those little tiny, sh- you know, sharp little rocks. Man, it got slippery.
2: Yeah, I'm, I was just like, man, I'm going to sit down here for a minute. Hey, is there any way Let's you
1: can see. you can describe to me your uh, Tennessee way of opening up a gate? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so uh first thing in the morning wasn't it
2: i'm much taller than these two so i had to, <laughs> I had to, I had to uh sit in the front seat passenger seat so that's the uh in montana that's the dedicated uh gate opener yep and uh about six thirty, i was still asleep whenever brian we pulled up the first gate and uh I was dragging it backwards, and then next thing I know, I trip over the biggest dirt pile, and I am just tuck and roll. I mean, it it, it <laughs> honestly looked a little bit like Double O Seven. Like I felt pre- <laughs> I felt pretty cool, like I played it off, but you it did. wasn't. It yeah, it wasn't. Yeah. I didn't though. And I felt I like you just cut my thumb. Yeah, could. cut my thumb, and I was waiting for it to swell up, but it never did. So. Well, I'm
1: in the back of the truck, and Brian kind of looks at me a little bit, kind of glances back at me. He's like. Well, that's a different approach opening up a gate. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, just tuck and roll completely oh, back. we were rolling. I looked like, oh a,
2: like a six-year-old at gymnastics class, like yeah. just rolled flat on my back, and I was oh, just like. Oh, that was great. You guys are just laughing. I'm like, I don't know, guys. Yeah. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> I'm still asleep. Oh, I'm still Gosh, dark that was, out.
1: That was such a great time. Man, we laughed so hard. That was
0: fun. Uh, it happens quick. God goes really man the, down yeah, quick. I'm
2: the comedic relief on a lot of stuff. <laughs> it's just Because like, oh, I'm usually all are. falling. I'm wearing moon boots for some reason because all the other boots don't ever last and then i'm wearing these hoka one one boots that look like they're
1: got a giant they sole got a, gi-
2: i mean they're super comfortable i packed out my bowl with them on and yeah. i was like man these are world-class pack out nice. boots but uh <laughs> yeah they're uh you can roll your ankles real quick and those things and oh, i bet i mean i don't really roll like it doesn't really hurt but it's enough to get you off balance and the next thing yep. you know you're falling on camera gear and all this other stuff
1: <laughs> it was great yeah.
0: man it's in in uh you fall really graceful by the way <laughs> but yeah like um you 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 don't fall like you don't usually get hurt you usually yep. fall and you're back up yeah. and you know how to take a fall you guys all played sports and and me too i bounce back up but man does it happen quick and oh, yeah. and you really got to be careful like the rock slides you're talking about man you spill like i i was trying to walk to well look through the spotting scope or to say something to Sean, and I was walking by this rock that was protruding out, and I kicked that thing with my knee so hard, and that thing hurt for like three, four days. I could feel it hiking around, you know, and and that's super minor, you know. It's it's no big deal, but that just – it happens so quick or like you – you cut your arm like I cut my arm on some lava rock in Hawaii, and you're always walking that lava rock. Like if you took a real spill and laid yourself out, man, you could really hurt yourself no, or been, or break something I've your been, wrist yeah. or. Yeah, I've yeah. been
1: dealing with this. I crossed a old rusty barbed wire fence. I mean, shit, it's been over a week ago, and I got stabbed pretty pretty good in the finger. Man, I've been fighting this infection ever since then. I'm still fighting it right now. It's yeah, still We're going to perform surgery later yeah, on tonight. Shit, yeah, just cut, that's it. cut that finger it's just off. You've been, <laughs> been killing me. At least I can move my finger now. Nine-finger Dan. Brutal. Yeah, Yeah, you got to be careful out there. I'm always worried about hitting my sight, falling down on my bow, and just totally breaking my sight yeah. off.
0: Oh, man, I fell right on my bow this year, and uh, I took a – it was just on a side hill, and I fell, and I had my bow right there. and I fell right on it. Man, it's, it's still right on the money. Like it, <laughs> yeah. it takes a lot to knock your bow off, yeah. I think. I got that stuff clamped down pretty good. But, yeah, no, I'm always worried about it, too. That's As a bow hunter, you're always thinking about your string, your arrows. Your sight is a big one, you know. Um, yeah, and it, it just it happens so quick before you know it, your head over I'm always
2: sticking mine in the mud. I'm just, like, I'm oh, so yeah. stupid. I like come from, like, a rifle hunting background. Like, I never picked a bow up until – basically came to montana and i'm just like just like always sticking like the cam in the mud and i'm like what am i doing and like for some reason i'm the world's worst with bowstrings too like i can sh- i can shoot one out in like six months and it's like uh we just got we just got you a new one I'm like, well you're yeah. tough on gear no matter what yeah, it is no, it doesn't i've matter. been noticing <laughs> that yeah, yeah. everything yeah. i own it's got blood stains or just got Pockets are ripped out. I, it's the I way have no it's supposed glue. to be. I don't. Yeah, I don't all
1: know. All your glue fell off your boots the last couple of days. Yep. Well, <laughs>
2: that's because the uh, leaf blower blew a hole in my the the muffler, not the leaf blower. The leaf blower did not <laughs> blow a hole. Blower. The muffler <laughs> melted a hole in my boots, and I just kept wearing them. Were you running it with your feet?
1: <laughs> yeah, I was sitting. I'm super lazy too. <laughs>
2: I was sitting on the lawnmower like a zero turn, and we just I just cranked the the power all the way up and locked it in there, and just. Cause we own a landscape company in Tennessee and we just blew out the entire parking lot and I'll just run it down through there. So I didn't have to walk it. I don't know. It was a great idea. I mean, it worked well and then I burnt your foot. Then my sock melted to my
1: foot.
0: (laughs) That's always making do like, um, I, I don't know. You know, it's nice to have good gear when you're hunting and you do need to upgrade items, but it's so much. And especially like when you're young and starting out, like I, I bought a bunch of gear one year and then didn't have any money for gas like yeah. when I was really young. And I, so I made the decision. It's like, man, I'll make do with layering up or I'll make yep. do with the gear I got. There was a lot of years there where I used mountaineering gear because that's all I had, you know. Oh, I feel my... like
1: we all here have actually really nice gear right now. Yep. You know, over the years we've, we we've do. collected I'm spoiled. or yeah. sponsored we or whatever, whatever we're at. Yeah. But how much of that do you actually use? I mean, we were hunting this last week with nothing on our packs. Like I said, we had a tarp. And an air
0: mattress. Got all this nice gear, you know. I and got this Hilleberg tent. Yeah, and we're sleeping in a ditch in the mud. I bought yes, a great nothing. big
1: brand new <laughs> enclosed trailer so I could sleep in it this year for elk season. I haven't. I used yeah. it a little bit in Idaho. I haven't used it's it. So in nice to yeah. just
0: travel in a truck. You get good gas mileage, and then we just make do. I got that canopy that's nice to sleep under it. But you know, when you're with three buddies, it's like you can't just climb them in the canopy and go. Oh, good luck setting up your tents, guys. This is me. <laughs> yeah. So you know, you just set up one, two, batteries. Packing mm-hmm. around, but yeah, you spend all this money on gear, and then you just go ultra lightweight. And a minimalist attitude is like bringing nothing, you yeah,
2: know. Like and I you spend the th- most money. The, like minimalists are the people that spend the most money. I know. Right? You're just like counting ounces and cutting your toothbrush, and then.
1: I feel like my favorite items I use day in and day out. Yeah. Yep. Oh yeah. And it's like sometimes I buy too much stuff and I don't yep. use it. Yep. Like, you can make do with yeah. so little. You yeah. just
0: get your layering system for your clothes, your sleep yeah. system. My my worst thing that I pack is my spotting scope and my tripod. I just hate those two items because they just weigh so much, but you just need them. You yep. need oh, them you to pick it, to it apart and yeah. to see those animals, but there's some trips that you pack that thing around with you and you never use it. Yep. Uh, like our recent trip you know that we just made... I don't. I pulled that spotting scope out and took a couple pictures of that six-point bull that we chased around. Yeah. Other than that, I didn't yeah. look at a thing with that. You know.
1: Well, I told you I was like, if you who's what are we what are we doing here? And you're like, man, I've got the spotting scope. so We better bring it. Uh, my mind went to, well, we only need one. <laughs> so if you yeah, want bring, to bring your spotting scope, yeah. you know, I should I, sh- I should one. have stepped up and be like, hey, give me give me the scope or give me the tripod. Oh, I, I would have asked you we if it was usually a big do, deal. We do yeah,
2: that, well, I'm but, carrying a camera and a tripod. Every yep. Time. Yeah, <laughs> you you yeah. yeah. You yeah. always offer up your tripod too. i was like yeah. we could put a baseplate on it. And, yeah, and Brian's true. just like, no. I'm like,
0: we did it once in Nevada. Yeah, Nevada. I mean, did we yeah. do it? Um, do we share in Colorado? I think I, I may have know. brought my own. Yeah, you brought it. Yeah, you brought
2: yeah. it because we shot time lapses on it. Yep. basically the whole time. But
1: oh, cool. Yeah. Yeah. I mean. One Eventually we'll
2: all find a. Yeah. Like you're carrying the stove, I'm
0: carrying the tent. Exactly. He's carrying the
1: I made a heck so of a mistake so this year in my elk season. I was
0: Trust me with the stove, right, Logan?
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: I'm I'm so.
2: Thank the Lord. <laughs> we should, Brian shot the buck he shot because we get back to camp and we're cooking dinner that night and it, it just like water's boiling and it just dies and we're like we're like look at each other we're like. Uh oh, your gases go out, bro. Like, he's like, yeah, I think this thing's got a leak. I'm like, we're 13 miles. a <laughs> like, good thing we're packing this thing out today, cause
0: I have used one canister will last oh, yeah. me seven days for oh, both easy. guys. Yeah, oh, but yeah. that morning I did not cook coffee because I felt the can and yeah. it was dang near empty. I don't know if I didn't get it screwed on tight or if I had a leak. And I've been yeah. using it since and it's been working fine. Yeah. but yeah, I um told Logan I would bring the stove and the gas. And I think maybe you even packed the gas. Maybe yeah, I Oh the I stuff. Pack,
2: I packed a half empty gas can apparently.
0: No, it was it was full <laughs> when we started. But I was like yep, <laughs> Don't worry, he's you like, packed all the like, weight going
2: he, in. He's yeah. like shaking, he's like, I think this one's full and hands it to me I'm like, Okay.
1: That's my favorite trick. You're getting ready to leave the truck, and somebody's got to shoot their bow real quick. So so it's like, one, you know, me, I sneak around and put the gas in his pack or, a, you know, a six-pack of beer yeah. or a couple of beers in the side. And, you know, when he's not looking, you know, it's like, I just right, put, let's go. I just put rocks and brines all time. I'm trying kind of <laughs> to yeah. slow him down. But. You, you should have a tow rope on him Just <laughs> hook it onto you.
2: <laughs> I needed one this morning. That was the first time that I've hunted, like, an actual big mountain range since Colorado. and It was just like. Oh, it's a beast. Oh. Oh, yeah. Calves are burning. It I'm just, feeling good. That is, <laughs> I felt good once I got to the top, but it was like halfway up. I'm like, man, because I can't keep up with this guy. When you step out of the truck first thing in yeah.
1: the morning, it's still super pitch black. Oh, yeah. You step out of the truck, and your first five steps are gaining elevation. You're like, whoa, What? what is going it on? You,
2: you don't need coffee. Ooh, yeah. I do, but yeah, yeah you when don't need coffee whenever you got something like that. You're like, Oh, this is real. Oh, yeah, this is it's happening immediate. right now.
1: And I, I like we were talking about it on the way back um, from over that unit, you know, eight hours away or whatever it was. And uh, on our way back, Brian, I think you're the one that brought it up. Uh, you're saying, You know, when you go out there in the morning, you when you start hiking, it's like, How many times do you put on one or two extra too many layers because you step out of the truck and you're shivering, you're cold? Yeah, and Brian's like, You know what? The best thing to do, he's like, Step out of the truck. If you know you're cold, you're like almost perfectly ready to hike yeah you know because you know those that first five ten minutes you start warming up warming up and all of a sudden you got a sweat going so yeah it's it's hard to do it's like for me it's like man i like to be comfortable oh yeah but uh yeah you start out when it's cold and you do you know you're 15 minutes into it and you're like almost perfect or you're just mildly warm it's like just run that system you know mm-hmm. you don't want to start going up the mountain and sweat your ass off and get up there then you're really going to get cold it mm. doesn't matter how many layers you put I brought on.
2: two puffies today because i wore one
1: oh you're still going to get cold in oh that. yeah if well i'm to, saying
2: I. I wore one and started walking. I'm like, oh, man, I'm, Brian just told me about this like not even six hours ago. Yeah, don't do and that. And I'm still, I've made the idiot mistake again. I and still had too much stuff on, and I was like, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not letting Brian win this one. <laughs> like, I, got, I, got, I got to the top, <laughs> I and I was it. like, I like, uh, I was like, man, where's he at? You know, we were looking for each other, and I was just up there like teeth are chattering. I'm like, dude, I gotta get. This. And then luckily, it started raining. Luckily. And I was like, <laughs> I like grab my jacket. Like I had an excuse yeah. to grab another jacket out, put the rain jacket on. Like,
1: the two things I struggle is hiking in puffball and hiking in a rain jacket. I yeah. sweat either way.
0: That rain jacket I have, that um, Yeah, I know, that's has got cool. that I'm sick of one. Yeah, sick of one that um, I can't remember. I wish I could plug which one it's called, but it's it's just as sweet. Yeah, I think it is downpour, the downpour, yeah. but it's got zippers all oh, the yeah. way so from my breathe. elbow all the way to my my waist and yep. I can hike with that thing. I hiked the whole way yep. down today, yep. the whole way yep. out the other day, yep. you know, with just like a like a sweatshirt underneath it or whatever. But yeah, yeah that thing should It working look. Good. Yep. Yeah, that
1: thing's pretty cool.
2: Yeah, that's the same one I got. It works pretty well. Yeah, I bet. Is that yeah. the same one you have?
1: Yeah. Okay.
0: No,
2: yeah, that's pretty
1: cool. No, I made the mistake today where I'm hiking and I keep feel, feeling like I'm getting into elk. I'm into a lot of elk country and a lot of elk sign. It's like you want to keep going because it's like it's getting lighter and lighter and lighter and you're trying to get to where you can just put eyes on them. Well, stupid me. By the time I got to where I was like enough enough, I'm soaked. Why not take a five-minute break? and put a damn rain jacket on. I just kept going through it, and I just pushed through it. Man, I got soaked in a hurry. I wish I would have stopped, took a layer off, threw a rain jacket on, and was good to go. But, man, I did it at the very end of my hunt. But, yeah, I need need to get better about being a little bit more disciplined, a little bit more patient.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, me and Sean, we took off after a bull at one point and chased him for I don't know how many miles. It was such a fun stock. I had him into bow range at one point, and then we ended up busting the bull. We had him at 50 yards, and there was no – Shot through the branches, but he was working to open timber. We'd been trailing him forever. He gets into the open timber, and we make our move. And it—it'd been pouring down rain the whole time, yep. and and we had rain jackets on. I didn't have rain pants. Yeah. I don't even think I had gaiters. It was ridiculous. Like it was just um, grab your gear and go for this bull. It wasn't raining when we left, but rain the whole time, soaking wet. And so we roll into these open parks, and the bull catches us. He's up above. He had moved further busted. He runs up on the hill and, and uh, so we kind of roll back to the vantage point and sitting there glassing around and then I spot that same bull up on the hillside. And was able to call and call him back in to Sean. And he called him all the way back down the hill and couldn't pull him across this last meadow that we were yeah. kind of stuck on the edge of. He hung up. Yeah. And uh, we called in another bowl behind us. But it was right until dark and I was soaking wet and I was calling for him and didn't throw my jacket on or anything. Yeah. Yeah. And, man, I mean, you can get cold in a hurry. Like, no. after that whole thing finished up, like, I hurry up and threw my puffy pants on and my puffy jacket and just had to start hiking and drying myself out because I was just soaking wet. Yeah. It's amazing yeah. how wet you get when you're hunting in the rain like that. And that's the good dangerous. thing about
2: that sickest stuff, too, is it's synthetic and you can really, like, if you just put it over your wet pants, it'll yep. you can
0: dry yourself. It did. It yeah. dried me out. By yeah. the time I was to yeah. the truck, I was warm and yep. and fairly dry. I mean, yeah. still I mean you're damp, still going
2: to be, so like, even today, I just had the rain jacket on and we were just walking through grass. I mean, it was raining relatively hard, but I was literally wet up into my knees and the grass wasn't, but. You no know, yeah, mid calf tall, and I was wet way past my knees, and I was like,
0: "Man, what in the world's going on?" But
2: yeah, I'm going I
0: may start. It's that long torso, short legs. Hey, I got, I got the <laughs> most awkward body proportions of all time.
2: <laughs> <laughs> got a long torso. I'm six two, six three. I got a five nine wingspan, and I got short legs. And a beard. And a beard. I look,
0: I look like I'm homeless. <laughs> oh yeah, you've oh, been, it's hunting season. Yeah, you've been hunting a bunch. Yeah. Yeah. No, you do good in the mountains, man. Both you guys do. It takes heart. Like, yeah. um, it's easy to talk about. It's tough yeah. to do when oh, you're yeah. faced with that mountain, like we were this morning. Yeah. And the, oh, the funniest thing was, so we we go up and like um, I know it's a big mountain I know it's a big climb up there to hunt yeah. that spot And so we go up the first thing and it kind of graduates you in and then it goes straight up this deal and straight up and then you hit the saddle at the at the fence and then keep going over the top and uh, so we go over the top and he goes God that was steep right and he's right with me and we make it to the top and I said yeah yeah that's steep man and so we roll down into the creek, and we start going up. And I said, okay, we got one mean climb left, and then we're on the top of the bench, and then we are just kind of work our way up and out into the meadow. And he goes, well, yeah, it can't be as steep as what we just went up. And I just didn't say a word. I just started hiking, <laughs> <laughs> and it got steeper than the first section that we cut up, right? <laughs> whenever, whenever I got to
2: start, like, zippering it back and forth, I'm like, yeah, what, what is going the whole on? time, realistically, the whole time, I'm just cussing Brian. Yeah. Like, nobody knows yeah. that. Yeah. I'm yeah. like, <laughs> He can't but, hear me right now. Yeah, he can't hear me. That's why. But, yeah, I mean, I. it was just like there was no – I'm usually like, i just like, oh, I'll just pick this. You know, I'll walk this ridge line up and it'll be easier. It didn't matter at yeah. this point. Like uh-uh. You're like, oh, this is the easiest. I wonder how hard, like, the hard way would have been. Because <laughs> I was picking the easiest way and I'm just like – I mean, I'm just like. Yeah, it gets ridiculous. It doesn't look that bad up there. It no. looks
0: small when you glass it. You just think yeah. you'd be up there in no time. Oh,
2: yeah. yeah, that's what you – whenever you told me an hour the other day, I just like laughed and was like, yeah, you might even want to add a little longer time on there. And then I realized yeah. he needed to add way more time
1: Logan's going to wake up two hours earlier and meet us up on, uh, up on the mountain. <laughs> yeah, you guys will
2: send me a penbecause because I'm going to have to leave a little earlier than you. <laughs> oh, man. You did but, good up there.
0: No, yeah. we were pushing to beat the daylight today for sure. Yeah.
2: yeah. And it was a weird day, too, because it was dark way after daylight. Well, cause it sucked so- in, and yeah. It,
1: yeah, the sun never really didn't come out very early it was kind of weird it looked like those fields below us were starting to glow but yeah i mean even up in those upper draws where i was i mean it took a long time before i could dr- yeah. glass up in there i don't there.
2: remember seeing the sun today <laughs> so that was that that one day that we came out of the other spot and it was just like wind was blowing it was raining yeah and it, like we literally leave and we get like 60 miles down the road and then it's 85 degrees and you're yeah. like
1: <laughs> well, like we just dealt know. with that wind we had, we the had a
2: dark cloud over top of us for some reason yeah. for I, I don't know but
0: yeah that's it um hunting elk yeah, season into october we're just about done um i think season has a week and a half we're gonna finish out the next i don't know a couple two three days whatever you guys got yep see if we can't keep on them um, starting over at square one, we do know where some elk are. That yeah, we do. You know, we have a
1: we have a game plan. We we're, we're not starting from ground zero. I feel like we know where yeah. some elk are, and we'll we'll get on a few tomorrow. I'm assuming maybe it might be good. Like I said, the snow. Oh, it's gonna be it's good. gonna be kind of like the first snow. Well, not the first, but almost.
0: Almost. Yeah, the lowest snow of the year. The we had that way. one snowstorm, and yeah. it was pretty good. Right after that. So yeah. So I'm, tomorrow, I'm kind of
1: excited yeah, for tomorrow.
2: I've never archer hunted elk in the snow.
1: Oh, really? You haven't? It's my first time. Oh, well, there you go. You'll be in for a treat. We'll yeah. put on a lot of miles tomorrow. I can't wait. Yeah. I, um, <laughs> snow
0: makes it easier to glass. Yep. And to I hate walking through snow. I used to think it was so cool to hunt in the snow, and it is. It's a special experience. It's a late season deal, but snow for a bow hunter. It's noisy and crunchy. Won't be bad tomorrow because it'll be soft and fresh. Wet. But uh But, yeah, and wet for it's sure. It's very wet. Um, but... It, it's it's kind of like hiking in the tundra. It's kind of like hiking on the muskeg. Like yeah. it takes more exertion to walk a mile than it does on dry ground. And it seems like you know almost two miles of snow is like, or uh, two miles of dry ground is like a mile. Especially where we're walking, because it's not
2: it's not easy. By no, it wouldn't be easy if there were no rocks to begin with. But <laughs> then it's like a there's just like I don't even know what you it's would call it. A boulder field. It's a boulder field that has hay growing out of it. Mm-hmm. So you're just like, oh, this is just a hay field. And next thing you know. You just slide down the mountain,
0: man. Some of that grass up there—it's <laughs> oh. it's so nice, you know, yeah, like stuff into... that isn't grazed by cattle. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, not that grazing bat is bad or cattle's bad, but boy, we we sure have them yeah. over a some ton of our public ground. Yeah, but up there, that feed is insane. Like I it is grass- chest.
1: I had up to my shoulder today at the, yeah. the backside, like Jurassic
0: Park, no, hunting cr- through the grass. It was crazy.
1: I was like, "Man, I wonder if I could even range or shoot in this stuff." And I pulled my bow up just to see if I could it would have clearance. And boy, it's tight. Yeah, I, I had to shoot a little weird on my tiptoes. Yeah, it was pretty crazy. There's some great feet up there.
0: Jurassic Park,
1: hunting raptors. Yeah, mm-hmm. I hope so. I hope <laughs> we're having like
2: the Megalodon tomorrow. Yeah, let's find it just a masher bowl.
1: Gosh, that's what we need. Could happen yeah, with a yeah. yeah. snowfall. I mean, that might push way more down than what it we've gets, been seeing. It gets
2: weird whenever weather happens. We've we've seen that where it's just hey. like we went from seeing nothing to seeing bulls all over the place, and then this.
1: You know, knock on wood, but we might be packing out bulls for the next two days. I mean, <sighs> you never know. We'll just play it, play oh it by man. ear, roll so the nice. dice, right? It
2: yeah. would be, it'd be so miserably nice. Miserably yeah. nice. That's what I like to.
0: It's fun to get into them and if you can get into the mass population of them and they tend to group up in this October and they're looking for second cycle cows coming into estrus and they just group up in these big groups where you can just have a big rut fest where you can get into those numbers and when you're into those numbers, you can mess up an opportunity or it just seems like you're in them and things happen. There's bulls moving around and of course you're trying to kill that herd bull but sometimes there's multiple herd bulls in there. And that's the wildest thing is coming from
2: the way i've hunted elk which is the complete opposite of like actually like finding you would find like a smaller group and then try to call to the smaller group and then bring you know either piss off the herd bull into the point of where he's coming to defend his cows or you're just hunting super early in the season where you can cow call and cow call you know a big bull in and then you guys are just like yeah we're i mean i in my eyes I would never wanna have a bunch of cows because there's just more ways for me to mess up. And then you guys are like, Yeah, we just gotta find we just gotta find where there's
1: a hundred elk at and I'm like I don't know how this is gonna work but Oh, it's fun and you we'll get, get, it, get into we'll the get mix and you got cows yeah. on both sides of you in front of you and you I mean when you get in there and you're yep. living or hunting and you're you're in there for minutes or hours and, and you got elk all the way around you and every move counts. It's just like it's something else. It's just a special time where you're you know, it's you're at your prime. and Everything's at like high alert and high focus. And where's he at? Where's my shot up op- opportunity? And oh man, I just it's it's the best. I love that.
0: They keep those bulls bugling too good where yeah. you can locate them. Yeah. Yep. They're yeah. active. They're very active. I'll take a big bull with two cows too. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not picky. I'll take a subtle bedded bull. <laughs> yeah. One's so. caught in the fence. Well, <laughs> they're just so nomadic, and they're just spread throughout country to where you know part the biggest part of hunting elk is finding elk. No matter if you're with a yeah. rifle, with a bow. No matter if you like to call to him, like to spot and stalk them, It's just finding them, you know. Hey, and public lands, pu- tough, public man. land, Yeah, and and that's it. Is they're just not up every drainage. They're not on every face. And yeah. so you really got to. Cover country with your legs, cover country with your eyes, glassing, and then also your ears, trying to get to places where you can listen for them. And, yeah. and um, that that's that's part of the, the fun of hunting elk and also part of the challenge. And, you know, you're not going to be in them every hunt or every day, but uh, just locating them and trying to get into them, man, it's such a key to killing them. Yeah, and
2: people never believe me about, I think, the hardest part of elk hunting during, I mean, where I've hunted mostly September is finding them. If you can find them, you have a high percentage chance of having a chance at them. Mm -hmm. I mean, you you can muff it up and mess it up yourself, but you're gonna have, you know, you're gonna get within two. I mean, that's really saying you get within two hundred yards. You're gonna get a play. You're gonna get a play on them. And I think the hardest part is actually finding elk or finding, you know, some people finding a bull and a shooter. Getting yeah, getting yourself the opportunity to mess it up or to make it happen. Mm-hmm. Like, that's that's way harder than the actual execution of the...
1: My biggest complaint is, and I've said this for years, is hunting these um, the borders. This private public land, Montana, is it's pretty drastic, and there's a lot of private land around here. And i got to get better about it, you know? There's nothing wrong with hunting these borders. These borders can actually be the best. It's where they're going to cross. Yeah. They have to cross them. They're going to go up to better feet or... or or in reverse they're going to go back up to their bedding and i got to get more comfortable hunting down you know knowing exactly where i'm at and actually taking advantage of hunting these these cho- choke points and hunting these borders i yeah. mean why not push it a little bit and get down in there close and you know cut them off you especially
2: know? now with on x man that has changed the whole oh yeah, yeah. you know
1: exactly where you're at yeah
2: because yeah. you may be on a fence line that's not actually
1: or it could be laid over or gone yeah, exactly. or exactly yeah or that's or, yeah. what
2: that's what i'm saying like it could be because there's a lot of landowners. That I
1: never want to get myself in a position where there's even a question that I stepped over the side of the, on the other side of the fence. That's why yeah. I don't like hunting borders. I would rather be way up in the mountains or way somewhere where there's not even a border for miles. That's yeah. that's my favorite. But I need to get a little bit more focused and, and, and just you know take advantage of that onyx and save some maps and, and look at it every 10, 15 minutes. Find out exactly where I'm at and learn. Maybe spend a little bit more time learning the the area where I'm actually hunting, you know, so I know exactly where I'm at. Yeah,
2: but there's no alfalfa fields way off in the back. Ah, that's where. not. Why, that's isn't <laughs> Why isn't there? Why isn't there? That's my home. I, we I'm need slowly, some public Nevada land hay found, fields. Yeah, we need, yeah. If you're hearing this, Congress, we need some public land fields hay fields in the wilderness. Put
1: a giant pivot up there. <laughs> yeah. Water it all year. Water
2: Let's it all year. It. Just so the hunting's better.
0: Yeah, animals like good feed, and um, yeah. yeah, it does seem like you could pretty much... The borders on the map and hunt those, and um, you probably. I can take critters. you to just about
2: any region yeah. in the, in Montana, and you you find an alfalfa field that leads into some timber. Oh, yeah, you're going to find some animals. Yeah, That's so that.
0: it is knowing your public lands, knowing your borders, access points, your roads that you can use, and taking an advantage of all those, and, and also trying not to get frustrated. It's so yeah. frustrating when you yeah. do see them across the line or on private. But the deal is, is you know they don't own the elk, and the elk a lot of times you know. Okay, so sometimes they do know they're on private, but a lot of times they <laughs> don't know where the border is, yeah. you know. And so they're going to cross yeah. back and forth, and you yeah. just got to be there to catch them. Well, it and doesn't take
2: just a second. And, I mean, just like he talked about how much ground they can cover. I mean, they can. Oh, yeah. I mean, we watched. That six-point
0: bull
1: the other day.
2: Jump the fence, and then next thing you know, they're yeah. on, they're four 400 yards in public, and it's like, oh, that happened
1: quick. Yeah, all of a sudden yeah. he's give us an opportunity, or he's passed us all yeah. of a sudden. just like, holy cow, what just yeah. happened? hmm
0: yeah, no. no that, um, yeah knowing knowing your borders and hunting them and taking advantage of that public land that bunts up against private and yeah I'd love to find them in the middle of the, mm-hmm. the backcountry I would love to find them miles back and have it all to my own and sometimes that is the scenario but a lot of times those those animals or those critters are working that. Edge private, public, and you know you you gotta hunt hunt your public land that you can access and get to, and so yeah, you know it is about taking advantage of it, but yeah, you do end up hunting a lot of borders.
1: Yeah, a lot of borders, and you pull up to a place, a trailhead, and there's two, three other trucks sitting there, and you're like, ah, oh, dang it! But you know there's a lot more elk up there, and that mountain's huge.
2: Well, yeah. that that's we found this year that there may be six trucks there. Yeah. But the chances of them people going back like way back back to where yeah, exactly. we've all went is not
1: yeah push through it
2: yeah you just gotta i mean i enjoy i enjoy being i mean as much as i bitch about it i enjoy being hunting with brian and just oh yeah you go to places that you you could never i mean some of the pictures i photograph here are like like where is that i'm like it doesn't matter if i tell you where it's at, cause it, <laughs> You would not be willing to go back to that place. Like it's just one of those opportunistic Mm -hmm. times of, and I'm grateful for the opportunity that I've had. So
1: no hunting with this guy. It's always an adventure. I'll tell you that. Yeah,
2: Yeah, likewise.
0: You guys make great partners. Yeah, shared in some success, and yeah, hopefully next couple days get in a little more, bit more.
1: Yeah, let's go put some miles yeah. on in the morning, get some sleep here in a little go bit. Go climb and, some uh, hills. Go climb some hills. <laughs> <laughs> go, hills. S- go sweat in the snow tomorrow. Yeah, that nah,
0: should be fun. Hopefully we can find a few. Well, yeah, thanks, guys. I really appreciate it. hey, Hey, um, too, this this podcast is sponsored by Everly Stock. You guys have been seeing me use those packs. Yep. So, Logan, for your laptop, man, I got this sweet. It's an undercover brief so it's this killer case for your laptop in there and also has like a spot that's concealed for your sidearm there so i'll make sure to get that to you awesome yeah so yeah no thanks for everly stock for sponsoring the podcast and yeah i appreciate it guys let's keep hunting hard and get after these things and see if we can't knock one down in the dirt okay cool appreciate it man thanks All all right guys that's a wrap um really fun podcast with my buddies um, I just always enjoy these live ones and especially at my house and in this setting and to sit down and, and discuss elk hunting and, and different theories on it. Uh, it's just a, a really fun conversation to have and and um, you know, I just enjoy I enjoy hanging out with my buddies and um, it's basically just press record and it's the same things we'd be talking about whether I have the podcast recording or not. Like uh, We're always talking hunting and the next hunts we want to go on and theories on it and um, it, it it's so fun to have passion in life and something that you just truly enjoy with every fiber of your being and something that you that you want to work hard at. Like um, you know it's you know like we talked. about, I don't know how much we talked about sleeping in the ditch, but that was kind of our running joke as sleeping in that ditch. And um, that one night it rained on us, and um, you know it it was a a trying experience. We were in bivy sacks, and I just love that. It's like this lasting fun. Um, and I heard um, Steve Rinella refer to it like uh, how a roller coaster you never you never think back and go how fun was that roller coaster it's like this cheap thrill or this this cheap fun that you have where it's fun while you're doing it it's exciting for those five minutes but you don't really look back on it and say how much fun was that but when you get done with these these hunts and they're they're grueling and takes hard work and it's Um, it, it tests you both physically and mentally and, and either you have success or, or you don't have success. I mean, some of my best hunts and, and best encounters are when I don't arrow an animal, you know, just getting into them and the, the thrill of that and the, the, the challenge of it, like, that's what I enjoy. And I, I get back from a tough hunt or get back like Colorado, you get back from that or Nevada and I get back. Man, it's all I can think about. I just, um, I, I just want to be back in there and I want to do it again. And, and it, it fuels me for the next year. Is these, these adventures that I have at being on them. So uh, it's just so fun that we have that as, as backcountry hunters and something we love to do. And, you know, I think a lot of Americans are lost in today's day and age, but boy for for us guys that that have passion it just gives us something to 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 live for and something to be excited about and um it it it's something special to me and I I know it is to you guys too so um fun podcast sponsor for today was uh, Everly Stock again just a great company that makes great packs they make them for a great a great price point um I'm really enjoying their kite pack as a day pack uh, their little big top uh, for small expedition hunts, and then um, their their battleship uh, for these longer seven to ten day hunts, and and packing a lot of weight, big pack outs for elk and things like that. So, uh, really enjoying their products. Um, I I really like the company. I really like Glenn Eberle. Uh, he's just a great guy. I Can't wait to get back together with him, and I want to sit down and record another podcast with him. Um, he he's just a super interesting guy, and you just kind of wind him up and get him going, and uh, you don't even really have to wind them up. You just get together with them, and the guy, uh, he just uh, he he exudes passion. And for whatever it was, like we had him on the last podcast, and he was talking about fixing up that Jeep and the adventure from driving it back from Canada, and that that really resonated with me. It it doesn't always have to be a backcountry adventure. I just like talking to guys with passion, and and uh, he's definitely got it. So thanks to Everly Stock for sponsoring the podcast and everything they do. I sure appreciate it. And um, yeah, good going, Eastman's crew. Um, we've been we've been hunting hard and um, seen a lot of a lot of quality animals hit the deck. Saw a great antelope from a guy the other day, and and the hunt winners have done good. We give away hunts for um, for Eastman's Bow Hunting Journal. Well, basically subscription giveaways, and we also did a digital subscription giveaway, and um, I saw the the gal that won that. She harvested a nice antelope, and so um, it's been fun. Those guys have been hunting hard and um, been getting some critters of their own, and I can't wait to see what they turn up here in this late season. And, and same with me. I got to get some work done here, but I, I just can't wait for the next adventure, so... Um, put my head down work really hard in the the evenings get caught up caught up with everything record some good podcasts with some guys that I've been seeing having some success this season and guys I want to visit with and uh, get you guys out some good content and then start planning that next adventure (laughs) Uh, I just I love it I love hunting season but uh, thanks you guys for all the support um thanks thanks for reaching out to my guests and letting them know you enjoyed them sharing their content uh really brings weight to the podcast and um yeah, just just thanks to you guys for for everything you you do. Um, without you, there is no podcast, and so um, I I really appreciate it, and uh, I really uh, enjoy seeing seeing and sharing in your guys's success this year. The guys that have sent me messages and um, killed nice bowls or nice box, um, it's really fun to share in your success, and I'm super psyched for you. And uh, you guys earn every bit of it. It is not easy out there, and and some of these quality hunters, you know me included, you make it look easy sometimes when you harvest a buck or an antelope or a bull it's not it is it is one of the most difficult things out there especially with a, a bow and arrow especially on public ground now you know I- any trophy harvested with rifle can be really tough too and you know uh, private ground or whatever but there's just something special about that that hard work public ground bow and arrow like man oh man that is so difficult to accomplish so um be proud uh, you know w- of your accomplishments and and uh and keep putting in the work, uh, effort equals success. And, and, um, you always get out of it what you put into it. So thanks a bunch guys. I appreciate it. Um, I'll check in with you next week.